0: Welcome to Grace 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 Grace. Grace.
1: Howdy online family Thanks for tuning in to the Grace Church of Ocala podcast We are equipping disciples who make disciples in Ocala, Florida I'm Ryan Gagnon We're going to be hearing today from Pastor Todd McQueen As he begins our latest sermon series, Welded God's original love story. We've prayed about how best to meet our community with the gospel message of Jesus. We believe this digital component is a way of meeting our community here on the web. We hope God uses it to encourage and challenge you. We also encourage you to serve a local church body. Remember, you can't be the church by yourself. Pastor Todd began the series with a video describing what happens in long-term intimate couples. Something truly amazing occurs called collaborative remembering. This term describes how, over time, the memory systems of two people become connected. Each person becomes more and more dependent on the other to fill in memory gaps. The greater the intimacy between the two, the more details can be remembered. As they grow older, they become more dependent on one another. This extends far beyond shared experiences to personal ones that the other party may not have been involved in. In the podcast feed, we provided a link to the video. You should check it out. Why would Pastor Todd choose to open up a marriage series with a scientific study? Because it illustrates the design God had intended when he created marriage. God designed us to bond together, to carry on our faith walks together in relationship. God has chosen marriage as an illustration for his love for the church. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that point. Today, we will learn that as followers of Jesus, our marriages must reflect God's original design. Let's listen in together.
0: So there's a scientific development. And when God says the two shall become one, literally part of your memory becomes one. You share those experiences. And this morning, we're going to find out that as followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus our marriages must reflect God's original design. This morning, if you're married, the goal is that our marriages reflect God's original design. So as you open your Bibles this morning, go clear to Genesis. We'll start clear in Genesis. And as you're turning there, in chapter 1, God creates. In the beginning, God. And he created. And he creates the entire universe and everything in it. When God sang, flowers, the grand canyon, or the the world, the stars, came into place. And the crescendo of the symphony of creation is none other than the last day. When he says, I can picture Jesus. Hey, fellas, let's create something in our image. And as I told the kids, he reaches down into the dirt, forms Adam. It's been kind of cool to see what Adam looked like. What were the proportions of that? What were the biceps? You know, six-pack, Or did he look like, you know, he have a little gut on him? You know, anyhow. So he forms Adam. And then he breathes life into him. And that makes him incredibly unique. And then at the end of that, God says, that is really, really good. And get this, he tells the couple, and he gets Eve out of the rib and he makes Eve and then he presents Eve to Adam at the world's first wedding ceremony. And what does he tell them to do? Be fruitful and multiply and take care of my world. But guess this, he says, go recreate. Image bears. I had a blast for five days. Sixth day was awesome. I enjoyed it. Now you two, go enjoy it. Go and do what I did. That's Genesis 1. Now Genesis 2. Move your finger over to Genesis 2. Verse we'll start in verse 18. God welding. Because we're calling this series the welding. When God welds two people together. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So God, by design, God at creation, creates the universe, and then he takes Adam from dust, and he breathes life into his nostrils. God, Jesus, plants the Garden of Eden and puts Adam there. Now, guys, get this. He had the perfect job with no sin, with good benefits. And that's pretty slick. For most men in here, if you had the perfect job, no conflict. Pastor Michael, when you planted it, it grew without weeds. Everything was good. And God says, get this, in verse 18, it's not good enough. It's not good that he is alone. So what's God do? What's the next thing God do, does? He says, hey, it's not good that Adam should be alone. So what's he do? Hey, Adam, sit down. What is this thing called? Let's call that dog. Hey, Adam, what did we call it? So he goes through all of these things, and he brings them in front of Adam, and Adam names all of them. What is he doing? It's not good that he should be alone. So what does God then give him? Give them animals. Good job, good benefits. Cats don't bike, they actually listen. Dogs are easily trained. Then what's God said? He repeats it again. "Oh, guys, this is not good enough. Let's create the perfect companion. Before sin ever entered the world, Adam went through the process of figuring out on his own, being alone doesn't cut it. And by the way, a lot of us guys, I've heard this joke, a dog is the only thing you put in the trunk, drive 12 hours. And when you open the trunk is happy to see you. You cannot do that to your wife. Guys, dogs are just dogs. If it's one thing I've learned in Ocala that some people would have stopped here and if God said, hey, is that a good enough companion? They would have been like, yeah. How many do we know who give up relationships of the best for a secondary and they call it, well, you call yours Piper or whatever? Yeah. I've had, Miss Deb is not a pet person. We got married, we had like four dogs, six parrots, turtles, all this. I, I'm the pet guy. She is not. But what has God taken Adam through the process of? Hey, it's not good you be alone. So go name all these animals. And then he goes, hey, let's, this isn't good enough. Let's make this even better. Let's step this up. And what does God bring? The perfect companion to fulfill the mission that God had given him. The perfect companion to best complement his purpose in life. So, by God's design, he takes the rib and then he presents Eve to him in the first wedding ceremony. By the way, the shopping was really easy for that one butt naked. We've heard stories of men seeing their bride come down the aisle and they're tearing. Can you imagine the look on Adam's face when she, God presented her to him? Oh, yeah. There she is. Can you see the emphasis in the poetry? This at last. We went through all these animals. We did Zoology 101. And we named all the animals. Thank you, Jesus. We got that done. Now we do the wedding. And he presents her to him. They have the wedding. Jesus saw a need. And he met the need. What was Adam's need? He was alone. How did Jesus meet the need? Created. It was his gift. Wow. This morning, guys, do we think of our relationships, Ladies, do you understand that the relationship that God has given you is God's design, a gift to one another? All oh, the kids really wanted money. But you give a couple that is not getting along, or somebody that's all alone, a kajillion dollars, and they're still going to be miserable. You can give somebody with very little money but a healthy relationship and somehow that couple will get through. This is God's design. When he is doing this welding, this starts in the garden before sin ever happened. This is the good stuff. So what does God say when God welds? Because verse 24 seems out of place. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. It's like it's outside the story. It's like it's been inserted in there. What is, why was that God put that in there? Therefore, my gift to you from all eternity is when God, what, what, through all of the life, when God does the welding, you leave your former identity and you're going to form a new one in a new home. You gotta. Leave and cleave. I know that it's hard to take a guy sometimes and say, hey, your mom is no longer the most important woman in your life. Sometimes that's Mount Everest. What is God saying from the very beginning? Your identity, Adam, will always, is now going to be changed. Eve is in your life. Adhere to her, cling. So we get the image of welding. Have you ever seen somebody weld something? What comes out of welding? One. But when you weld, Tyler, have you ever grabbed a hold of something after it's been welded? You didn't look at it for very long. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot, and it takes up the molecular level where those two things adhere to each other and then continue the process of infusing into each other. The wedding day is not, okay, we're fused, it's the fusing process. The two metals are starting to more and more come together. That collaborative memory when we started, it took a lot of life experiences. The more intimate the relationship, the more the shared images, of shared memories are. But by the time you get 20, 30, 40 years into marriage, have you ever talked to a couple? Like, how do they think they're so much alike? They have continued to infuse it's the easy part is the day of the wedding. The harder part is day two, day three, year twelve. It's a continual process. So God is doing this welding. See, Adam recognized God's precious perfect gift for him. Because part of him was taken away, but he was returned with the soulmate. The companionship and perfect community. Listen to that again. Companionship and perfect community. Who originated that idea? God did. God, the Father, God, the Son, the God, the Holy Spirit. What was his gift to Adam? Really? The kids? Yeah, it was Eve. But really, what was the gift? Adults, think about this. Was it really Eve? Yeah. But what was he giving Adam? The community, the companionship. That companionship is developed over these ways with a new identity, clinging, adhering, then infusing together. Now flip in your Bible to Mark chapter 10, it's on page 700. So we talked about the welding. Now, let's see. Is it okay to divide it? Mark chapter 10, verse 1. And Jesus left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered to him again, and again, as was his custom, he taught them. And the Pharisees came up in order to test Jesus, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them, What does Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote to you this commandment. But from the beginning, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So the terrorist, is it lawful to torch the metal? Is it okay to cut God's weld? I'm not going to answer all of that questions. This is a huge biblical answer. But in this context, they're trying to test Jesus. Is it lawful? Does the law say it's okay to cut God's well? And what does Jesus say? What's the law say? What have you been taught? What does the word of God say? By the way, the Pharisees are what? The law professors. They know this. And they say, well, Moses allowed it. We studied this this morning in 1 Corinthians 6. Is it lawful To do something. Jesus is going to answer, but is it beneficial? Now, Jesus' answer is only because of sin did Moses allow you to do that. Only after sin entered the world, and get this the Hebrew scriptures will tell you the certificate of divorce was to protect the woman. It wasn't for the guy to say, here's your receipt, you don't get half, you're gone, or whatever. The certificate of divorce, we can study that together sometime, and it's a great study. But the Old Testament law, the certificate of divorce, was given to her to protect her. So Jesus' answer says, yes, it's lawful. And it was there to protect the wife. So the law professors is like, well, Moses allowed it with legality. And Jesus' response is, it might have been legal, but it wasn't the way it was supposed to be because God did the welding. Since the beginning, so that a man would leave and intentionally break original familial bonds. So the man would adhere, to hold fast, to be welded. Guys, listen to me. This is emotional, physical, and intellectually. The part that has blown my mind is the amount of older men who aren't physically removing themselves from the relationship. They're emotionally attaching themselves to something else. Adhering to your wife is all of these components put together. So Jesus says, this is what God welded in the beginning. Your new identity in a home to hold fast to her so the two will continually infuse into each other to become one unit. So what's Jesus' final answer? If God has welded it, do not divide it. God did the welding. He had to hear two pieces together on a molecular, on a deep level. And the command here in the original is big letters. If Jesus was texting this, it would have been in all caps. Do not divide. See, while we do have sin and there are divorces, it wasn't God's original plan. Is it lawful? To divorce? Yes. But was that God's original plan? That's why, as believers, as followers of Jesus, our marriages should evidence the original plan. Because God created a process of welding two pieces together. God takes two and makes them one. And it gets even crazier as we continue in Mark about divorce. Pick up with me in verse 10. So Jesus has this conversation in public with the Pharisees. So when he gets in private with the disciples, they get him by themselves in a house. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. family what is the definition of adultery as you think of it this morning? Cheating between who? What's that Tommy? Emotional involvement between two two people are they married? huh? Yeah, at least one person should be married. Well, this is how we typically define it. You have a hard you, adultery is you know infidelity of emotional, physical, and emotional to somebody else while you're in a relationship. I challenge you this morning, look at Jesus's definition in these verses. Look at your text. What's Jesus's definition of adultery? Don't you have to be married or have you know, Be in a relationship to have an adultery? What's Jesus calling adultery here? Okay, so you have a divorced people. Jesus is talking about people who are already divorced. This is yet to happen to me as a pastor in this specific way. Hey, I'm divorced. I'm no longer married to them. Can I get remarried? What's Jesus saying if they do get remarried? Get this, they're not in a relationship now. They're already divorced. Jesus's definition in this verse in these verses is incredible is like setting the bar super monster high. Why? Permanency. You get married. You get welded together and you take a torch and cut it there's pieces and parts still left over. You cannot cut the weld perfectly where it was welded and know which part of the two pieces were which. I have yet to meet, and I know very well, people who are previously married. Now, God teaches no more on this, and we don't have time to go through it. But what I'm trying to teach you is Jesus takes marriage this serious, this permanent. Yes, it is lawful to divorce, but know that when you get remarried to a divorced person or the divorced person remarries, there's a chunk, there's bits and pieces, there's shared memories with that other person. Get it? When I sit down with a couple... and they're new to this whole marriage thing. The first thing I go over is permanency. Now, as we in marriage, do we think of the word permanent as we think about it? Maybe we didn't do the whole prenup thing, but I've seen over times where people will start less and less thinking about permanent than to options for escape. Now, are there options in the scripture for getting out Breaking the weld, cutting the weld, yes. But Jesus' point is amazing. It's about permanency. You cannot unweld. You have to torch it, or you cut it. So as followers of Jesus, our marriages must reflect God's original design. Not the design we see today, but shoot for the original Companionship, the welding together, the adhering, the leaving and the cleaving. Does my current relationship match Jesus's original definition of marriage? If you're married this morning, or in the sound of my voice, does your current relationship, I'm not saying your current marriage, because I'm no fool to think that people are in relationships or they pretend to be married or they're not married. Or if you say, "Yeah, we did go to the courthouse, we did get married, whatever, we did all that," does your actual relationship match the original definition? Then does your you use your marriage and your relationship as an evidence to the community of who you follow? Does your marriage stick out with the neighbors, with the coworkers? You might be saying, how in the world does all of this work? Anybody in the room men has been married, is it easy? No, no. How long did it take Adam and Eve to have a conflict? <laughs> exactly. And then the boys get involved. <laughs> yes, so God knows. Hey, this is hard work. This is about two people getting well together, two people forgiving each other, two people interacting with one another. Now, you might be thinking... And I'm single here this morning. What's his? Who cares? I ain't never getting married. I got two cats and a dog. Okay. Where is your relationship? Are you are you making relationships? Are you interacting in a community? Because if God gave he. Adam, Eve, for community, and your response of being single is, I want no community, where is the sin? I'm not saying single is sin. I was single once, and I did not mind it. I'm married now, and I really like it. But is it a bunch of hard work? Thank goodness Deb isn't here. She would have been amening. Because the last two weeks of getting ready for the sermon series has been a challenge in are home. So if you're not married, where are your relationships? Who are you developing them with? And if you're interacting with other people, can you teach God's intentions for the original design by heralding this is what it should be? Can a single person teach God's word about what a marriage should be? Yeah. Can they empathize when it comes to marriage counseling? Not as much. Let us go this week and work on our relationships and especially our marriages in such a way that people around us see, our kids, our friends, our neighbors, that because of our faith actions, they see it in the home. Now, as I conclude, guys and gals, husbands and wives, you know what makes this so hard to apply? I get done preaching to you and I go home. And you're all like, unless you're spying on me, you know what I do on Monday and Tuesday? Guess who, guess who knows how I preach on marriage? The one I share a bed with. Do you know how hard it is to prepare a series when I've got the... I'm so glad she's not... I mean, I shouldn't say this. She's not here today and I'm disappointed. But it is so hard. Because Deb knows what my faith really is. You can't fake it till you make it with a with a spouse when you're connected, when you're adhering to each other. The pastors want to walk along with you because I know in the sound of my voice, there's people that have this has not necessarily been the easiest thing. Join us next Sunday as we work hard at what it how in the world this does work.
1: Thanks again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God and His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the web, ocalagrace.org. And if we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.